from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello, welcome to Talking Catholic. This is Pete Sanchez, staff writer, social media coordinator for the Catholic community of South Jersey. And Mike Walsh, as always, is with me on this first week of the new Advent season. Mike, how are you? I'm well, Peter. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you uh, Are you feeling hope with this week of Advent? Uh, that's a theme uh, this week? Yes. I, I'd like to think I'm hopeful. Although, as uh, Father, uh, Father uh, Sinatra said last week, you know, this is time to really... Th- this is the two weeks where we think about the coming of Christ back, yeah. and so I'm trying to I'm trying to think of it. As a, that's not that I'm not hopeful, but uh, with a certain solemnity that I didn't, or solemnness that I didn't, um, I wouldn't have always focused on in the past. You know, I'm trying. I'm, a, I'm actually sort of actively thinking about. All right, before I get into the Christmas season, let me let me be a little bit more Christian oriented, yeah. Christ oriented, as opposed to tinsel and trappings i i feel i feel you it seems like uh, the gospel this week was about being being watchful being alert and i'm trying to kind of try to focus my heart and mind on, on that to, to just like you said to get into that christian mood and i actually uh i've been listening to christmas music and i've kind of intentionally turned it off recently uh I don't want to really listen to the music yet. I think I'm going to wait maybe till later in the in this season, probably the 22nd, 23rd, to really. Even though a great Christmas concert on Saturday, we heard Debbie Boone. No way. Before before we go into the Christmas concert, I as you're talking about being patient and waiting for, um, you know, sort of as we get closer to the Christmas, could you please describe your tie for me and the oh, listeners? This tie, well. I am in the Christmas season. And you are not in the Christmas season. You're in no, the Advent in season. Advent season. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. Um, Advent season. And I am wearing a tie with uh, Christmas stockings. <laughs> and there are various Christmas stockings. I have, um, I wore one to the Christmas concert that was Christmas lights. And now today I'm wearing one that's Christmas stockings. And I think it's about the only two, probably the only two Christmas ties I have. Mm. Uh, I was feeling a bit festive. I know, I don't know, is it wrong that I'm wearing a Christmas tie is, in the Advent season? Sure no, I wouldn't not. say it's wrong, but I will tell you that I purposely brought a, wore my purple tie today. I love with, that. With uh, with a thought of remi- reminding myself it's Advent and not Christmas. Well, isn't, didn't Father Rob correct me? It's violet. It is violet, that's right. Purple violet, yeah. So I was, <laughs> but... Uh, Unfortunately, I don't have a rose tie, so in three weeks I'm going to be no good. <laughs> Well, people, you can send rose ties to what's your address, Mike? You Too bad. If you can't remember it, you don't uh, get to give it out like I give out yours. Sorry, pal. Uh, well, <laughs> um, and call, 856. No. <laughs> um, so let's talk a bit about the Christmas concert uh, with Debbie Sure. Boone that was very Pat. nice. It was uh, really... No, it wasn't really a Christmas concert. I think that I think uh, we, we we did a disservice to people. It, it was really a concert. The first half was completely like the best of her of her albums over the last forty years, and then yeah. uh, though that our diocesan school choir did uh, have a couple of uh, cat or um, Christmas songs to lead off the uh, the concert, and then then with a little break, and then uh, Bishop Sullivan came out and led off the second half of the show. With a, uh, as he put it, an Irish hymn, not an Irish song. He said it was an Irish hymn. Yeah. He, as he put it, sort of tongue in cheek. We got to get some religion into the show. <laughs> um, and then at that point, uh, Debbie Boone came back out uh, with her Christmas songs and ode to her mother-in-law, Rosemary Clooney. And uh, I thought, it, yeah, I thought the music was great. She, you can tell she's a pro. She was really good. Had great stories in between all of her songs. That's what I really appreciated. I know I told you this one Saturday. I'm a sucker for good storytelling. And mm-hmm. she really, it hit me. Like, she got to me with the stories about her mother-in-law and her grandfather. And she, that remarkable photo of her grandfather, Red Foley, at the Grand Ole Opry with Rosemary Clooney. Yeah. Which was, and that was before they even knew that they'd be related to mm-hmm. marriage. And just those little serendipitous moments and... uh she was, and I thought her first half, uh, 
I felt like I should have been having a cigar and drinking and, you know, because it felt fun. very much uh, like a jazzy yeah. lounge. It was beautiful. Really blue, yeah. blue skies and yeah. weather. I really, I was very impressed. Yeah, you know? I, had, I had the exact same thought that uh, I could have easily seen that performance in Vegas or Atlantic City and yeah. in one of the clubs down there. It was, mm. and it was good. She did mention Las Vegas. And when she remembered her father, Pat Boone, singing the whole family, she's been mm-hmm. time in Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. And let's not forget the singing at the beginning with the high school choirs. They're combined. And that was, uh, they did, I think, Sleigh Ride and I think one other song. I wanted more. That's the thing. I I wish there was more of the high school choir. They, they, they left me. Maybe that was the point. They left me wanting more from them mm-hmm. at the beginning. And Bishop's was, was wonderful as always. Uh, so I'm looking forward to next year to see what they, uh, how can they top this? It was, uh, well, well, Mike, we got a couple things um, later this week. Uh, we have the Holy Day of Obligation, uh, December 8th, for the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, Holy, that is Holy Day of Obligation. So all di- um, all parishes in the diocese are going to have uh Mass there, so um, you can go to your particular uh, parish, or you can find a parish, canadiocese.org, uh, where they have listed into parishes. Um, and then, this speaking of, well, you when we get to our main focus of this podcast, this Saturday, December 9th, um, I will be in Atlantic City, uh, and I hope you are too, for the Advent Reflection Day with the Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal who've been on this program before, and they will be back in a few moments. Uh, they're holding a day of reflection with Mass, a talk, lunch, adoration, confessions, uh, healing service, Vespers, and benediction. Let me catch my breath. Um, at St. Nicholas of Tolentine, 1409 Pacific Avenue in Atlantic City. And that starts at 10 a.m. And for more information for that, the day of reflection with the Franciscan Sisters of the Enroll, just a wonderful young woman uh, to get into the season, to get your heart and mind prepared for the season. Come out, uh, St. Nicholas of Tolentine Church, 1409 Pacific Avenue, City, 10 a.m. this Saturday, December 9th. For more information, call 609-343-1545. And uh, it's just going to be a great time. And I look forward to seeing you there. And... Also, Mike, another thing I love about this season leading to Christmas, yeah, our Lady Guadalupe feast is December 12th. And that's always wonderful, the story of uh, Juan Diego and, and Mexico and finding the flowers and bringing them to the bishop. And that's just such a beautiful story. But they're going to have uh, at the shrine uh, of our Lady Guadalupe in Lindenwald, St. Lawrence Church, 135 North Wetworth Pike, uh, they're December 12th. That will be, that's uh, at 6 p.m. There's going to be the Mass. And December 12th, I believe, is a Wednesday? Um, I don't recall. Let me look it up real quick. I think it's a Wednesday. I December 8th? Is yeah, it? December 12th. December 12th is a Tuesday. Tuesday. My apologies. So Tuesday, December 12th. And it's going to be 6 p.m will be a concert prelude followed by the feast day mass, 7 p.m. This is at St. Lawrence Church, Our Lady Guadalupe Parish Shrine. And it's important to note the day before at that same shrine, there will be uh, at 11 p.m. there will be a vigil mass at St. Lawrence Church. We'll come out for that. And Bishop Sullivan, who we mentioned, uh, he's going to be that same day. He's going to celebrate mass for feast of Our Lady Guadalupe in Swedesboro, 140 Broad Street at St. Clair of Assisi Parish. Uh, there, will be, yeah, there will be a procession at 6 p.m. The Mass is to follow at 6.30. That's with Bishop Sullivan. Uh, so come out and say hello to him. And the website for that is www.stclarenj.org. Uh, that is www.stclarenj.org. St. St. Uh, just the initials there, so come out for that and uh, and Mike. Uh, so we have we're back at uh, theology on tap. 
Did for you... uh, yeah, yeah, for the podcast, yeah, we uh, went down to Hamilton at uh, Rocco's. It's not called Rocco's Bar. I always forget what it was called. Rocco's something. Townhouse. Townhouse in Hamilton, uh, where we had uh, quite literally standing room only. Uh, matter mm-hmm. of fact, so much so that we burst out the side of the room we were in, and uh, we're actually sort of in the main area of the restaurant. We threw a speaker out there so so people could hear. Um, yeah. And uh, no, it was a great event. A uh, ton of folks from Atlanta County and Cumberland County uh, came up to it, and a couple of us from Camden and Gloucester went down to it. Um, but the sisters, you know, it was it was rapt attention while they gave their uh, you know gave their their presentation on you know how to pray. And if you've ever wondered whether or not you're praying correctly, um, I think we've all probably not done as good a job as these sisters do in, in praying in their daily lives uh, and how they, how they remain focused in, you know, all the noise that surrounds them, particularly uh, they themselves quite literally. And as their uh, convent in in Atlantic city, they're able to uh, really stay focused and uh, not lose their way. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, sister Agnes even mentioned that uh, now that the uh, summer season is behind her, she tries to get down to the beach every single day. Um, not because she's taking a, a dip, but because, uh, you know, she just likes the solitude of walking on the sand and being able to collect her thoughts and kind of be by herself for a little bit. Um, and, uh, and really get focused on God. So, uh, it's little tips like that along with quite a few others, uh, particularly quite a few, um, recommendations on books to read and, and prayers to use. Um, but the, the, it was sister Agnes and sister Joseph and they are just absolutely delightful and energetic and wonderful people. So it's a good podcast. It, it was kind of a noisy room. So the sounds a little, uh, not up to our usual qualities, but hopefully you'll be able to, uh, pick through uh everything that they have to say and uh i don't know it, you came away with a pretty positive feelings right pete i thought it was amazing and i loved one of the uh books that caught my eye when they were setting up that book silence i can't talk about it enough silence by cardinal robert Seurat, and it, she that was one of the books she talked about in another book by uh i believe i want to say saint uh in, in not saying Ignatius or saint augustine but it's on the podcast. I, I apologize. I don't want to butcher it. Um, I, I thought it was just really good. And she, she um, uh, gave us good tips on how, to, you know, Lectio Divina you can do with Scripture just to prepare your heart and your mind for this beautiful season that we're in. And it's, uh, it's it was just a great time. Mm-hmm. And, they're and we cannot do it justice. No, we can't. No. So and, let's, um, but fortunately, we have it recorded. We do, and actually, uh, just the first voice you'll hear is Kimberly Pazowski, who's mm-hmm. been on the show before. Because I, I, I don't, I, I don't know if she's, she probably introduced herself, but I wanted to make that clear too. So the two where, voices you'll where hear. Where is she from? She's from Hamilton, right down the road. She's the youth minister at St. Mary Mount Carmel, Hamilton, mm-hmm. and uh, and is on the theology on tap court team with myself, Greg Coogan, and a few other members. And she um, was one of the people instrumental in getting out Rocco's townhouse. So, it was kind of wonderful. Everything worked out. It was a new venue for Theology on Tap. And uh, it's, uh, hope you can come out. The next one is for 20s and 30-somethings, for young adults to engage in discussion, have a drink. Uh, the next one's going to be in January. We're not quite sure where yet. Um, but it's, uh, just look for us. And if you go to candidacies.org, click on the tab for youth, young adults. Um, you can find it there. And, of course, we'll be talking about the next one. When that is, we'll share that with you all. But without further ado, Mike, I think we should throw it to Hamilton. Absolutely. Enjoy. Um, we're really excited tonight for Theology on Tap, and we have with us the Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal. And uh, we're so happy that they're here. Originally from Brooklyn, is that right? Uh, the Bronx. The Bronx. Yeah. Bronx, New York, just newly moved to Atlantic City. And we're so thrilled that you're here. So uh, you're going to hear an awesome presentation tonight. We're going to begin with a prayer, so if we can just ask everyone to put your food down, your drinks down if you're able to, and let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we ask you please to send down your Holy Spirit upon each one of us, especially the sisters as they speak, and allow us to be enriched and renewed, that we can leave 
uh, uplifted and just renewed in the spirit. We ask this in your most holy name, and we'll pray through the intercession of Our Lady as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we just want to welcome you again to Theology on Tap. I am Kim. I am your MC for tonight and on the core team of Theology on Tap. And we're really excited to have everybody here in Hamilton. And thanks to Father Pete, our pastor, who's filtering around here somewhere. Um, he ordered a bunch of free appetizers, so please help yourselves to those. So um, we're very proud to welcome Sister Agnes and Sister Joseph, who are with us tonight. And they're going to be talking about personal training in prayer. So please enjoy their presentation, and uh, we'll get the room a little more comfortable in just a couple minutes. So um, maybe as we begin, just to explain a little bit about who we are. So I'm Sister Agnes. I'm Sister Joseph, and I'm originally from Florida. Sister's from further away, though. A little bit. <laughs> I'm from Holland. So, um, but we just moved to Atlantic City. I've been living in the Bronx, New York, and hopefully we'll be able to open up. Yeah, we're doing that. Great. So we, our community is based out of the Bronx. Uh, we have two houses in the Bronx, one in Harlem, and then we opened up another house in England and then Ireland. And now Atlantic City, this is our first um, U.S. mission outside of the New York City area. So we're really happy to be here. Our, um, our life is a contemplative, active community, so we pray a lot. So we're professional prayers. So here we are. We're going to put you through boot camp today a little bit. So <laughs> as a handout, so I hope you're ready. Um, and it's, it's like I just said, it's like eating a, a good jalapeno. It, it's uh, going to burn, but it's going to taste really good. So <laughs> I think you'll get a lot out of it, I hope. Um, but we're contemplative actives. So we pray five hours a day, and we also were very active. We serve the needs of um, the poor needy, and then we also do works of evangelization, uh, which take forms in a lot of lot of different ways. We just opened up in Atlantic City what's called the Father Benedict House, named after our Father Benedict Rochelle, who passed away two years ago. I think two, three, three years ago. Uh, and it's uh, we've already opened it up once a week. We have it available for free coffee and donuts and uh, a chapel there. And it's been beautiful to see our neighbors coming in and uh, just having a safe place to come in and spend time with the Lord and getting to know them. So, um, so I have a little bit of a presentation. I just need some volunteers to pass out some handouts. So if a couple people could come up here just to help out. You're going to get three different things. I brought my library with me here. So tonight I'm going to talk about prayer, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about besides Jesus. But it's really about him because it's about a relationship and um, really that conversation that we're meant to have with the Lord every day. Um, and if you can take one thing from this talk is um, I hope that you'll grow in a deeper relationship and a deeper desire to pray and grow in your prayer life from this talk. And I know a lot of familiar faces here tonight. It's really great to have gotten to know a lot of people already. Hello out there. <laughs> okay, right here. So you can see us. Oh, I like that group over there. It's the peanut gallery. <laughs> this is great. So, um, prayer. Just, um, I have a few books here, and one is the Catholic Catechism, and I'm going to quote. Oh, we need some more. Yes. We ran out? No. How many more? Just one. I have an extra one. Um, so just to begin, a quote from the Catholic Catechism of St. Therese that I'd like to share with you. And it says, what is prayer? For me, prayer is a surge of the heart. It is a simple look toward heaven. It is a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. If you don't have the Catholic Catechism, I encourage each one of you 
um, to get one or read it, to reference it. It is so good and so powerful. Um, but that's a quote from St. Therese, and it's really this lifting up our eyes, our our attention to the Lord and to someone who is in heaven, who's with us, who's within us, the indwelling of the Holy Trinity, and never leaves us. And it's really recognizing a presence. And um, there's a really good book called The Power of Silence. If you haven't read this book, it is excellent. Um, And there's a quote in here, too, talking about how Silence isn't just an inward turn in on ourselves, but it's actually should bring joy in turning our eyes to another, and that's to the Lord. So first and foremost, prayer is about a relationship. And I'd like to think about it as a relationship. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but I'd like to narrow to um, kind of focus and narrow in on the relationship God the Father, the Father's providential love and relating this talk to that. I like to use that phrase, the Father's providential love, because everything that we receive in life, that we ultimately are poor and needy, we have nothing, it all comes from the Father. And when we live in the light and in that truth, we live free. We're children of God, we are, and that's the truth, but we begin to live that in a greater freedom and a greater joy. And I think um, in our culture today, that's very lacking, and there's a lot of brokenness um, in in family life and broken relationships with our own fathers. Nobody's perfect. That when that's broken or um, that that's been not uh, a good example hasn't been in our life, that there needs to be some renewal of how we, we look at God the Father. And really, ultimately, that can happen through healing, through prayer, and through scripture, which I have some things up here, and I will get into that shortly, how I have found in my own life, and I've seen others grow through um, really listening to God's voice through prayer, through scripture. So again, silence, the importance of silence, that's where we encounter the living God, and that is so needed in our world today. It is so noisy with things, uh, with technology, and I can't urge you enough to spend some time of silence in your day, Uh, whether it be in your car or in your home, to set aside time. It's very, very important. Because if we don't have silence, we can't go within. I'm sure, and it within is where we encounter the Lord. And you know that quote of St. Augustine where he says, he says, Lord, you were within and I was without. And really when we begin to go and have that silence, we can go within and we can become aware of what's going on within, which is what I have up here, the discernment of spirits. Some of you, have any of you heard about the discernment of spirits? A few of you, okay. There's an excellent book by Father Timothy Gallagher, but I'm going to kind of give you a Cliff Notes version um, that I have found very helpful in my own life, some basics that I hope that you can take tonight with some of the tools I'm going to give you to be able to live in a new freedom as children, as sons and daughters of the Father. But just to go back again to... Um, prayer, you know, there's different types of prayer that we, again, it's about a relationship, but the Mass is the most powerful prayer we can pray. If you're not going to daily Mass, I cannot urge you enough that if you do have time in your day, what a grace that is that we have as Catholics. And if you're not Catholic, go. You can't receive, but go and then find out how you can receive. <laughs> Because we get to receive Jesus, his body, blood, soul, and divinity at Mass. No other religion has that. Like, And he's in every Catholic church in the tabernacle. What a gift we have. So um, daily Mass is the most powerful prayer. And again, looking at our Father, this is the Father loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten Son. And this is a re- representing of the holy sacrifice on the on the cross jesus is represented and he he died for each one of us his blood was poured out for you each me each person each person we meet at the father benedict house 
each child of God, whether we know it or not. So it's the most powerful prayer. And I encourage you, when you go to Mass, to really enter in and even offer your own intention at the Mass, maybe for some, for a soul, uh, your Holy Communion. Adoration. So adoration is really an extension of Mass. And sometimes you go to adoration and you think, oh, I'm bored and I just go there and I sit. Um, but you're actually receiving rays of grace. You're sitting before, um, like you go out on the beach here. We're so blessed to have the beach. I love going on the beach. I try to go every day if I can. This is the this is the nun season. The beaches are for the nuns right now because nobody's on them. <laughs> so, so we go out. I try to go out every day if I can. But you, when you go to the beach and you lay out in the sun, you're receiving rays, but you don't always feel it. But the same is when you go to adoration. You can sit before the Lord for an hour, and you may not feel any different, but your soul, you bet, is different. If you enter in and really pray and spend that time with the Lord, you'll be changed. So I, that's a beautiful devotion. I know you have parishes that have adoration. Um, and then in your relationship, uh, in a family, there's a mother always, a mother and a father. So the rosary, what a powerful prayer we have in the rosary. Um, Padre Pio calls it his weapon, and it really is. And right now in our world, we need peace more than ever. Um, and then in a family, there's brothers and sisters. We have the saints who pray for us, but then we also have to pray for one another. Um, intercessory prayer. Sometimes we pray, and we're just praying for everything that I need. I need what I want, <laughs> focused on my day instead of for others. And um, can't encourage you enough to instill some time in your day. Now, this may be really overwhelming you, and you're like, I'm praying five, time, five minutes a day. I can't do all that that you're saying, sister. Well, just pick one thing that you want to add. Like, maybe I mentioned something today, and you're saying, you know what? I feel called to do that. Just make one more commitment of something more you feel you can do. And the other thing with prayer is because it's a heart-to-heart -heart relationship is to be honest with the Lord, to really be honest with him, and it comes down to trust. Because when you think of a relationship with the father, you look at a child that may mess up and, let's say, um, does something big like breaks a window or something, and they may be afraid to tell their father what happened. But the father knows, the father's going to recognize the window is broken, but how much more pleasing and love, like, um, pleasing to the father would it be if that child comes and says, Daddy, you know, I'm so sorry. I broke the window. I really am sorry. <laughs> I, I won't do it again. And comes to the father with a trust that the father still loves them. How beautiful. But how often we hide all the ugliness or whatever's going on, and we think we're putting on this good show for God. Like, here I am, God. I'm here. <laughs> but really, he sees everything, and we're ashamed to go to him with our mess, but he loves that. He wants us, he wants to come right into that spot. So that's the other thing, is not to um, wait until everything's perfect to begin a prayer life. No, start now and just increase in some way whatever you feel the Lord calling you to. So that trust is so important. And in any relationship, in any friendship, in order to grow in that, that we need to spend time so it's important, I'm going to give you a few tips here of prayer to make a commitment. To make a commitment in your day. A place and a time and stick to it and be regular with it. That's very important. You can say, yes, I'm, I'm going to pray. You can leave here and say, I'm going to pray. But to say, you know, I'm usually better in the morning. So I think I'm going to wake up 15 minutes earlier and I'm going to pray a decade of the rosary. And I'm also going to read the, the daily readings for Mass or something, because I can't get to Mass. So make a commitment and a place, a time and place. It's very important, and to be consistent with that. It's really good if you can have a friend that you can say, you can meet with maybe once a month and say, or a spiritual director and say, you know, how are you doing in your prayer life? Yeah, come on in. <laughs> I don't want to keep anybody from eating. <laughs> Get some people upset with me here. <laughs> so, um, but to be committed and to be consistent 
and to have some sort of accountability with a spiritual director or a good friend that you can meet with. Um, and really just to remember again that our Lord, in our honesty with what's going on in our day, to talk to him and be honest with him that he is attracted to our weakness, to our brokenness. He wants very much to come and make, to have that trust in him. So I mentioned about silence, so I just want to move on to all, all of my, uh, I don't know, PowerPoint presentation here. <laughs> so this is my Franciscan PowerPoint presentation. So the rules of discernment, there's really 12 rules. There's another um, set of rules there that are for spiritual consolation. This is specifically focusing more on spiritual desolation. Um, there's 12 rules, and I believe there are, of the 12, nine of them that deal with spiritual desolation. So the reason for that is probably most of us are battling spiritual desolation most of our day. <laughs> and we really, um, to grow in fighting that into a greater freedom, to be that child of God in which we're all meant to be. So again, I mentioned about silence. And the importance of silence. See, the evil one is so sly. He's got us so interested in noise and technology and being busy, especially as Catholics. What more service can I do? What more can I fit in my schedule? I'm a, I'm a big, like, pack one more thing in. <laughs> Sisters, no. I'll just get less sleep, pack more, one more thing in. <laughs> But we have to be careful because if we don't have that silence, we can't go within where the Lord is. And when we have silence is when we become aware. We become aware of what's going on that first step. And if you want to take any notes from this, feel free up here. There's also the book I said by Father Timothy Gallagher. I highly recommend reading that. Um, it's a great book. I've read it and taken this course like three or four times, and now I'm finally using the rules. <laughs> so it can take a little bit. But this is, like I said, the Cliff Notes version. So the first thing up here, it says, be aware, number one. Okay? Be aware. Step one. Can you hear me back there? Yeah? Okay. So silence, then we can become aware, and that's to become aware of what's going on within. So, for example, you have someone driving, and they decide to turn the radio off, and they begin thinking about their day, and they start thinking, gosh, you know, I really think maybe I might want to start going to Mass in the morning. I might want to, you know, get up a little bit earlier and leave for work earlier, stop by. There's a church I think I can go to and go to Mass, that might be a nice thing to do. Oh, I wonder what the radio, what, what's playing on 101.7, I don't know what station you have here yet. <laughs> and you turn on the radio, and you start listening to the radio. Now that thought that that person had might just go right out the window of the car, and you're not even going to go there anymore, because now you put on your radio, and that good thought, the Lord was beginning to work, you're no longer going within. So St. Augustine knew so often he was without where the Lord was within. So we need to become aware what's going on within. I'll go more into that in a second. The second step is to understand what's going on within. So you become aware. So what happens is, is inside, there in our hearts, there are good spirits and bad spirits, thoughts that come, and thoughts matter. In silence, we have thoughts. And those thoughts, whether you're conscious of them or not, they really do matter. And the thoughts that we have um, then can lead to spiritual desolation or spiritual consolation. So that's this next, this first rule here that I have up here. And you can't see it back there, but you can, basically it's an arrow going from God to sin. And when we start moving towards sin, when we're living in a life now, everybody in here, I'm presuming you're not moving towards sin. You're probably moving towards God, or you wouldn't have been here tonight. <laughs> you made a good step. But if you're moving towards sin in your life, what happens is the good spirit, um, or let's go to the bad spirit first. The bad spirit is any kind of thoughts 
They can come from our brokenness. They can come um, from the from the bad spirit again. They can come from our brokenness. It could be psychological. They can come from someone outside of us saying something, something happening to us. And it leaves us, um, when you're moving towards sin or a sin, it leads to usually pleasure or emptiness. Um, let me give you another example. St. Ignatius, when he... When he figured this out, what it was, was he was reading, he was sick, and he was reading books that were novels and that were very worldly, and they would leave him feeling empty. Pleasure at first, but then an emptiness. And then he began to read the lives of the saints, and when he read them, they left him with like a joy and an inspiration, like, I could do that, I could become a saint. So what he realized, there were thoughts that led to... Um, like a desolation or an emptiness, and then uh, other thoughts that led to feeling inspired and encouraged. So if we're moving towards sin, the bad spirit is going to make us feel pleasure because he wants us to keep moving towards sin or an emptiness. So if you're living a really sinful life, you'll have a, a lot of pleasure at first, but then it will be, lead to emptiness or um, guilt and then the good spirit, which is usually the Holy Spirit. It might be someone who is encouraging us um, in the right way, leading us closer to God. That's going to prick our conscience if we're moving away from the Lord, and it's going to convict us. So do you got that? Does that make sense? Okay. The next rule is when we're all in this one, and we're going from sin to God. So we're all moving in that direction, okay? So actually I'm moving this direction. <laughs> so God is over here, sin is here. And what happens is now, the bad spirit, when you're moving towards God, what is he trying to do? He's trying to discourage you. And he's trying to make you feel sad, self-pity, and he's like really getting you down, because he doesn't want you to move towards God. But the good spirit the Holy Spirit is going to inspire you to want to grow in holiness and to grow in your prayer life and to be on fire and to, um, to pray and to, to do works of service, good things. So that's going to be with the good spirit. So those are the first two rules in the rules of discernment. So spiritual consolation rule number three is basically talking about um, when you're moving is going back to this rule two. You can't see this over here. Am I losing you? No? Okay. I've got, I got some of your thing. <laughs> okay. So the spiritual consolation for all of us who are in this category, moving towards God, spiritual consolation then is going to be anything that's inspiring or encouraging us. So for example, today, you know, maybe I woke up and I got up when my alarm went off and I, I went to the chapel, I'm praying, I had a beautiful prayer time, my coffee was delicious in the morning too, <laughs> I went to Mass, and then we had the Father Benedict House, really good experience there that day, met some beautiful people, had beautiful encounters, uh, left me, you know, beautiful encounters with my sisters, a lot of spiritual consolation going on here, uh, maybe heard I was going to go on a pilgrimage somewhere, just a lot of spiritual consolation. Well, then spiritual desolation, that's when you're in this set going towards God, and what happens is maybe um, you decide you're not going to get up to pray, and you sleep in, and now your sister in the convent, or your brother or sister in your home, or your wife or husband rubs you the wrong way, and then you, you're starting to think like, gosh, you know, I don't feel so good about myself anymore. I don't know if I'll get that job today. Or You start having all these thoughts that are really negative. So now you've entered into spiritual desolation. Okay, so I've described these four rules. And then that's where I'm going to go back to this, this discernment of spirit. So you have become aware, you understand what's going on, and now you have to take action. So this is where you're going to take a hold of your life with the Lord, is what you do when you're in spiritual consolation to receive that. We're meant to receive the gifts God is trying to give us 
through others, through the Lord, through prayer, to receive that, to take time to receive it. It's very important. And then when spiritual desolation comes, to reject it. So those are the two things to accept or reject when you take action. So going back to discernment of spirits, it's first be aware what's going on within. Second step is to understand. And third is to take action. So what are the two ways to take action? Accept and reject. So in your whole life can change. And I've seen that in so many people uh, that begin living these rules and start to become aware of what's going on within them when they start to have some silence or prayer in their life. Now, just briefly, I gave some handouts. Do you have any questions about um, this that I've gone through with the, the simple version of how to explain what's going on within the discernment of spirits? Anybody have questions clarifying here? No, we'll have time for questions after. Yes. St. Augustine or St. Ignatius? This is St. Ignatius. I was quoting St. Augustine because he's, he would say I was... You, you were within, I was without, because he wasn't going within. He spent much of his life early on, a very sinful life, and he was uh, realized that he was never, whenever he would go within, he felt his conscience being pricked. And that, as we know, when he was moving towards sin, was the good spirit trying to prick his conscience for conversion. So when you feel that and you're moving in the wrong direction, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a very good thing. All right. So that's good. Everybody has that. So the last part of my talk is I just wanted to give you some tools of prayer now. So I have actually my own copy. So um, one, so again, in prayer, it's also about listening, not just speaking to God. Um, the Father, but also listening, and Scripture is really the Father's love letters to us. I can't encourage you enough to spend some time during the day reading Scripture. Um, start with the Gospels. That's what I would recommend. Pick a Gospel and, um, and begin there, and just read a little passage at a time for the daily readings for Mass. Excellent, um, and you can get that a lot of you have your iPhones. Everybody has an iPhone these days. Not a lot of you. Everybody. <laughs> you can pull up all. You can pull up the daily readings for Mass. So you could do this on the Gospel for the day. You have Advent coming up. So this is a perfect talk before Advent. So maybe before Advent Sunday, we could all make some sort of commitment to the Lord of how we want to grow in our prayer life as we leave here. So um, this is the first paper I want you to look at. It's Lexio Divina. Can you see it over there? It's a little paper. Yeah. Okay. We'll pass some out here. I think we might have some more. So this goes through what's called Lexio Divina, Divine Reading. And it's very easy. I like this little slip. Um, basically, you read the scripture first, um, step one, and just kind of put yourself in the scene, what is happening in the scene. Step two, on this little paper, Meditatio, um, you begin to meditate more on what's happening. Um, am I in the scene somewhere? Like, can I picture myself in the scene? Put yourself there. Maybe you might even um, be an outsider looking in. Maybe you're actually, um, like if you're drawing the um, blind man, Bartimaeus, you might be the blind man um, and how you're feeling in that scripture. And then the third step, oratio. Um, what do we say to the Lord in response to his word? So again, this would be now, um, what is the Lord saying to me through the word that may, maybe a word is sticking out to you in the scripture? Pay attention and ask the Lord, why is that word sticking out to me? Talk to him about that and then make a prayer from that. He's asking for some sort of a response from you. And then contemplation, which we're all called to, which is simply just resting in the Lord and his word and some just pondering um, a, a very deep, it's, it's a gift that we can't work for. We can dispose ourselves for it. 
but this is only can be given by God. So if you spend maybe 15 minutes reading our scripture, God may um, speak a word to you. It's not like a, it's not the same way as like people that get locution. So don't be like, oh, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> but a word will stick out or something will stick out the passage and it will speak to you. The Lord is trying to tell you something. Um, but the Lord is a good shepherd. So when you read the scriptures, um, really to remember again, our Father's a loving Father, and um, and that we want to hear that voice. If you're not hearing that voice, it could be our brokenness that's coming out. More healing is needed. Um, yes, Scripture is meant to also convict, but it will be in a loving way. So it's always good to keep that in mind as we're reading. The Good Shepherd is the one who speaks to us. Now I gave you another sheet that's a little bigger. This one may I borrow yours for a minute. This one is uh, how to pray Ignatius style, and uh, this is a beautiful way of praying on scripture. Now, I took this from a school of spirituality, a spiritual direction school I went to um, a ways back, and some of it may, may not pertain to you, so I say disregard that. If it says, like, share with your group or whatever, we had groups that we met in, and we had to share, and so, but um, basically... This is more of the heart when you pray Ignatius style and more your, your feelings are involved more when you pray this style. And you're meant and encouraged to pray for grace. And I really, you can even do this with Lexio Divina, and you can pray for any grace you want. You may want the gift of patience. Maybe in Advent you, you want to just get in touch with the Lord's unconditional love for you in a deeper way. I prayed for that like for a whole year, and I still pray for that like, Gosh, when can that get old? Never. <laughs> so, um, you know, whatever grace you think you need, just pray for it. Beg the Lord for it. He wants to give it to you. And um, maybe pray 15 minutes. I encourage if you can do it for a half hour, great. It's really, I've seen people get in touch with some beautiful healing in their life and wounds and um, brokenness and, and bring it to the Lord. And, and he just touches those places and, um, renews our minds and our ways of thinking about things and about ourselves that really need to be transformed by His grace. So I encourage you, if you can pray for a specific grace, and that's where the third little paper I gave you is a, a very simple, it's a little square. Nobody's fallen asleep yet. Didn't think you were coming to class tonight. <laughs> A little paper like this. Do you have this one back there? Yes, right here. Okay, we got some more. This is the last thing. I think we'll wind you down here. It's about time, probably. And on this little paper, this is um, from a different spiritual direction school, uh, or from the same school, but from a different book. And this, uh, there's like eight themes. So this is one of the themes God provides for me. But the grace that you pray for in this square of paper for a particular week, actually do it for two weeks, is a deeper trust in the Father's care for me. And this is a beautiful grace to pray for. And these have scriptures that you can pray for that grace. So this is kind of like homework. If you want to do this for Advent, wow. Powerful. And then what you do is at the end of your prayer time to journal. What was the Lord saying to me? Don't journal your whole like meditation or anything, but just like, did I get the grace? What did I pray for? Did I get it? What? How did the Lord show me that grace? What did he do in that time of prayer? And that's a great thing if you have a spiritual director, bring your prayer times to your spiritual director, what the Lord's been saying to you. So... This is um, powerful. You can pray for this for the rest of your life, too. <laughs> now, you may be asking, a common question is, Sister, what if I want to pray for um, patience or joy or whatever it is, trust? How will I know to match up a scripture? Like, you just gave me scriptures to go with that theme. Well, you can pray on a whole gospel and start at the beginning and pray for that grace, and it'll come out. I guarantee it. It works. You don't need a special... I mean, some scriptures, it'll be like, whoa, like neon lights. <laughs> but it'll come out in other ways. So
so um, it is a beautiful way to grow in your relationship with the Lord, with Jesus. And as Catholics, we really, it's our book, is the Bible. It was ours first, so we need to reclaim it. I think we're doing a better job with that. Uh, but not to be afraid of it. It's so powerful, and it'll help you to grow in your relationship with the Lord. So I think that's pretty much concluding of my presentation, but I don't know if you have questions. I think there's no cards if anybody doesn't want to ask out loud or, yes. What is the complete title of the book by Gallagher? Um, Discernment of Spirits. He wanted to call it, and he'll say this in his talks, um, Set the Captives Free. And you can understand that because if you really live this, it's amazing. I'll give you, um, actually, let me give you one more I don't know. You want one more tool? Yeah. Okay. Um, it goes with this, and I also find this really helpful, and it's called the Examine Prayer. And what it is is an acronym GRACE. G stands for gratitude. So what you do is you spend five or ten minutes of your day just talking to the Lord about this, the Examine Prayer, which is, Grace, G, is gratitude. So you spend time thanking the Lord for anything throughout your day. Anybody, um, any, anything that happened that day, or in your life, you just want to thank the Lord. R, so if you want to, do you want to, if anybody's writing this down, I'll try not to go too fast. So G is for gratitude. R is for to request the Holy Spirit. To um, request the Holy Spirit to enlighten you now uh, about your day. So R is request. A is your attitudes. To look at your attitudes throughout the day, and that's where you start to become aware. So you can see how this works hand in hand. You start to become aware, what were my attitudes today? What happened? Why did I feel this way? And you start to understand what's going on in your life. You can see how everything can change when you start to do this. And then C is your contrition and also what's called to chart your course, contrition or chart your course. And that's basically where you look throughout your day what was happening and what you might change the next day. Like you might say, okay, I let what this person said to me get me down. Well, I don't need to let that get me down. That Whatever that person says doesn't really matter. So you make a choice to reject that. And your whole day tomorrow will be different than today because you won't let other you know other people what they think bother you so that's C and then E is the last one which is to pray for the energy uh, to be able to do what you feel the Lord asking you to change or do the same maybe if you did a good job that day like or you felt like the Lord gave you a special grace or a victory over an area and you continue to do that in your life so that you want to continue in charting your course. It's like, okay, I need to keep doing that. That was really um, a grace from the Lord. It's all a grace. So, um, so that's the simple acronym to remember. And if you don't forget that acronym, you can just do that whenever. It's nice. And just find a time of the day that works best for you. It can be in the morning to review your day from the day before. It could be at night before you go to bed. It could be in the middle of the day. Let's say you have a holy hour. Maybe you go to daily mass, and it's like five minutes after mass. You just or five minutes before mass, and you could just look at the beginning of your day um, and the end, of, like since your last examine. So that gives you a couple of tools to go into Advent. I think you've been through boot camp, and I think everybody should get a certificate tonight. <laughs> so give your hand, give yourself a round of applause. whether I get that grace or not is up to the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really distracted. But yeah, we do. We, we have a lot of time. We have holy hour every day. We have a meditation hour in the morning. So we do. A lot of opportunity. Never experienced the dark night of the soul? Well, I don't think I know what that is yet. <laughs> yes. No, no, I know I know what it is, but personally. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. I didn't know if 
Yes, before the unitive way. So what he's talking about, there's different stages in the spiritual life. One is the purgative way. You know this, Father. The purgative way, the illuminative way, and then the unitive way. And before, between the purgative way and the illuminative way, this is St. Teresa of Avila, is the dark night of the senses. And then between the illuminative way and the unitive way, which is how we'll be in heaven, is the unitive way, where we're totally with the Lord. Like That's like Mother Teresa. She went through the dark night of the soul and something far beyond, you know, for souls, other souls. She probably went through all our dark night of the souls for us. A lot of people. She had a profound um, experience. But um, before the unitive way is the dark night of the soul. Good question. Yeah. I know you kind of touched on this a lot, but if you're a person who really tries for prayer and you seek it and try, but like just whatever, you know, you get distracted, you try, you know, you try again, you try again. Do you have like maybe like an idea or two for something like that? Yeah, don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. Sister Josie, you should come up here too. You want to answer some of these questions with me? She's a good prayer. <laughs> professional prayer. Do you have any advice? I know a lot about distractions, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's the same thing. It's that just don't get don't give up and keep keep trying. And uh, one time one of our priests in a hallway said it's kind of like you see the distraction going down the pipe and you just kind of like you're caught up really not um, you kind of like bounce them out but don't don't go with them. You just, just, okay, you go this way. I'm people straight ahead. So when they come, they come. But you don't give them too much attention to say, okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So notice it, bye-bye. Let it go. If this is not the time for that. Or if it's something that's like, oh, I need to remember this, something that will look at with me, just write down that one thing that I really don't want to forget during the holy hour. Um, and then after that, I can let it go. Yes. Could you speak a little bit about what is uniquely Christian about meditation? Because I think a lot of times when people hear meditation, they think Buddha, they think Hinduism, they think East. But what is the specifically Christian aspect of Christ centered? It's all about Jesus. Again, going back to the silence that I was speaking about from this book, The Power of Silence. I'd love to just quote this. This is really powerful. Um, This is by Cardinal Sarah. Here it is. It says, in silence, sadness is looking at oneself. Joy is looking at God. This is why we have silence. It is necessary to get out of oneself to think of God instead of thinking about self. So sometimes it's like self-emptying people are trying to encourage you to do, which is like, I, I don't know too much about other all the other religions, but Christ-centered is really about Jesus and, and focusing our attention and lifting up our hearts and our minds to a person who's Jesus, who's and God. A, and a relationship that we were talking about mm-hmm. in the beginning, that it's a person that we can talk with and have a relationship with. Which is very different from just emptiness. We're not talking to emptiness, we're not talking just to ourselves. We're talking to a person who loves us, who cares for us, and who responds to us and speaks to us in prayer. So it's very different. It's very different. And we're in a spiritual battle, and there's so much confusion today with a lot of different, um, like just even spirituality. We really have to be careful of um, getting involved with things that are um, really putting yourself in a position of getting involved with bad spirits and, and not good things. So it's there is a battle going on for souls, and this is very real. So, Which is why important we need to arm ourselves with this discernment of spirit even more today than ever, because there is so much negativity, um, and we need to be ready to fight. Any tips for how to Give us several, like you have one inspiring prayer session and then a couple where you're just not feeling anything. Get yourself back into it. Yeah, 
actually, this book, um, the other rules, so I just gave you four, but the, all the other rules deal with how to fight spiritual desolation more, more practically than just rejecting. So um, it talks about um, fasting. Um, it talks about praying for the grace to, um, to reject. The, that's another one. Um, to recognize that it's a trial, that it's not just, um, a lot of times we think it's like my fault. That's another temptation that I'm going through, this spiritual desolation, because I've done something wrong. That's very common. More often than not, we automatically accuse ourselves and think I've done something wrong, but it's actually that it's a trial that the Lord's allowing and to grow in our trust of his love for me. Um, so if you go to this book, The Discernment of Spirits by Father Timothy Gallagher, you might find that really helpful. I don't think we have enough time. He gives a, a course over a weekend, sometimes a week long. I gave you the jet course of some basics, so but at least you can go to that book. Yeah, it's worth it. And he also has a book called The Examine Prayer, which they go hand in hand. That's a great book, too. He's easy to read. Can I just say that there's a great that Father Gallagher gives in a series on the discernment spirits from the Certain Hearts Radio. Great questions. Anyone from the peanut gallery? You are good sports back there. You got something back there? No? Okay, just saying hi. Great. Well, okay, I think we can end with a prayer. And um, thanks again. It's been, oh, a couple things. Sister Joseph, uh, want, if she could just mention to you about our Father Benedict House, if anybody's ever interested in helping out. Yeah, I thought it would be a great opportunity to kind of plug in and put a little plug for our Father Benedict House. I'm always looking for volunteers. I know it's during the week. It's on a, in December, it's on Thursday mornings. And in the new year, we'll go back to Tuesday mornings from 9.30 to 1.00. Uh, so I know a lot, a lot of you probably either go to, to school or are working, uh, but if you're ever free on one of those days, uh, feel free to give me a call and I'll, I'll try to get you on our schedule. Uh, so it's from 9.30 in the morning, we'll start getting ready and then we'll serve the coffee and donuts to the homeless in Atlantic City. It's a very beautiful time and then we invite them into that prayerful atmosphere where they too can experience a little bit of the love of Jesus, a little as, as their hearts grow to receive that love and healing, uh, providing that for them as well. So you're, you're very welcome. Just give me a call for, for dates. Uh, we're limited in how many volunteers you can take, but I, I do want to put the invitation out there for all of you. There are newsletters with our phone number. Yeah, maybe we can put them out on the table over here. We'll put them more easy access. And then also we have a little... Um, invitation for any of the young women, sorry guys, for a thing called handmaids that we're going to have at our convent uh, a mass and a holy hour, and we'll start to have them in the new year every first Friday, but we're going to have one um, just for the for the gals to get together, a little social time too uh, with us in the convent to pray and have uh, adoration. So you're welcome to join us. So I put an invitation for that. And also, we did not bring this, but we are having a day of recollection for Advent the very next day, on the 9th. And that's at St. Nicholas, if you want to write this down, St. Nicholas Church. And it's from 10 to 3. We'll begin with Mass. We have one of our friars coming down, Father Juniper. And then um, there'll be adoration with confessions, music, a lunch provided. Um, midday prayer if you want, and you can come and go as you like, but that will be at St. Nicholas Church. Anyone's welcome um, to join us for that. What was that? What is it? It's December 9th, uh, 10 to 3. It's a Saturday. Yep. All right. Well, thank you. We'll just end with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we just thank you, and we praise you for this time, and Pray that in some way that whatever seeds have been planted, that they would bear good fruit in our lives. Give us each the grace of perseverance in our life and our relationship with you. And may you give us every grace we're in need of. May pray glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have any other questions, we'll be here hanging out for a little bit. Thank you.